Hello there, team. Wade Skalski here, problem solver, playwright, and founder of Clear the Field. Today's process is this. If you don't have a baseline, you don't have anything, the reframe. Sit back, relax. Let's get started, shall we? So, the today's segment, formerly known as the Daily Nugget, we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, experience I had. So I'm I'm switching over my accounting software. Uh, I have the cloud, the cloud, the cl- a cloud accounting software that I hate. And I've always hated it. It's a well-known name and I'm sure it's fine. But forever, for whatever reason, the interface and I do not get along. And it has been a struggle for me. I just have not, however I work with the, with the, the computer uh, on the interweb, uh, however I do it, whatever it is, the, the interface just is the not, I don't, I don't dig it. I mean, and it's, it's really, really well known. All right. It's QuickBooks. It's QuickBooks. It's QuickBooks. I hate it. Um, and nothing, I'm not saying don't use QuickBooks. If you use QuickBooks, this is peculiar to me. This isn't, I don't think this is like a systemic problem for QuickBooks. Like, uh, number one, they're not really going to care about me switching over. So don't, you can tell them that like, okay, his, we don't need his $19 a month or whatever it is that I pay for it. But there's just something about the interface that it just doesn't fit for me. And so it's a perfect program. I mean, it's it's ubiquitous. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody uses it. A lot of people use it for business. A lot of people use it for personal, you know, whatever. And it's been developed and they've spent millions of dollars developing it. So it's a it's a really good program. It's it's perfect for what it does as a tool. It's just not perfect for me. And so I'm really excited about this new software that I have found because I just like the interface. Even when I'm sort of transferring some of the things over, it just works better with my mind, right? So it's it was a little bit confusing because it was Peachtree software and then I changed it to Sage 50. So now I'm, I'm, I'm becoming part of the Sage 50 community. Uh, and so as of right now, I may regret this podcast in the future and I may come back and say Sage 50 and the interface and I don't get along. And maybe it's just that I don't get along with accounting software, but that's what I'm switching to. And the, the sort of the concept though is, is that there can be a tool that you know is a good tool. Like there's nothing wrong with the tool. It just, and it's perfect for the job that you need it for, but it's, it's not a good fit for you. And, you know, you get to take ownership in that concept, right? Because if, if everyone uses QuickBooks and, and they say, oh, well, QuickBooks is perfect, but there's just something about it that you don't that you don't like and you get invested in it and you invest time in it, it's really hard to change. Like, I mean, I've been using QuickBooks for like six years. And so, and I don't care what they say about, oh, you're going to migrate it over with the press of a button. It never works that way. It just doesn't. So, um, you know, it's just like when you're translating from Russian to English, then it, it doesn't quite translate all the time because the languages aren't the same. It's just like when I come from QuickBooks to, to the Sage 50, there's going to be some challenges, right? So, but I really like the Sage 50 interaction in terms of the interface. And it just, it just, it doesn't stress. Every time I would go on QuickBooks, I would get stressed out. And I don't know why. It's just something just doesn't land with me and the way my brain works. And that's okay. And it, and it doesn't really matter to me that everyone else thinks it's the best, best tool for what I need. And that's the same with Clear the Field. Like, I know Clear the Field works, Okay. Know it for a fact. I mean, I've proved it in my life. It, it, I know that the process works. And so this isn't a belief, it's a no. 
But I also know that the system may not work for somebody else and it just may not be a good fit for them. And that's why I'm always like, look, like even if you, and we're going to talk more about the baseline today in the reframe, even if you use clear the field as a baseline, you may discover a new process that works great for you. Like I have done, I spent a lot of money on trainings and and it took me a while. It was really interesting was, is that the, the first ones were kind of like, okay, and then like the ones in the middle were, were, were good and they were solid. And then after going, keeping to go through the process, keep to going through training, you know, I quote stumbled upon uh, trainings that, and content that were perfect fits for me. They just resonated perfectly for me. And they all sort of kind of happen at once. So there, there's some trainings that I'm going through right now that are just incredible for me that I'm getting so much value for that are hitting right where I need them to hit. And, um, I'm getting the software and it's all kind of coming together at once. Well, I think that one, I'm getting better at assessment of what I need in terms of for my blind spots, the actual content that I need Two, though, I'm understanding myself better. So I don't get into scenarios where, you know, like I need to use an example. If, if I was to pick a hobby, like I tried golf and like golf was cool and I enjoyed golf, like, but I enjoyed the being out part of golf. The actual playing of the game frustrated me. I didn't really enjoy it that much. And not because I wasn't good at it. I understood that you got to be really bad at golf. But it's, it's, it's I, you know, there's the concept of the dip where you have to get through the dip, um, you know, the difficult part of it to enjoy the, the, the fruits of what you're doing. It's like the, uh, Seth Godin uses snowboarding as an example that a lot of people don't snowboard because it's very frustrating to learn to snowboard, right? Well, I actually don't even, like, I can ski poorly. I can ski but I, I prefer sitting in the sitting in the lodge while everyone else is skiing, reading a book, right? And so it's just as like I know myself better now. So the trainings that I I can I can identify a training and be like, okay, that's good and that person's good. But this one, the content isn't what I necessarily need right now, and I have very limited time, so I have to make sure the content is spot on. And two, the way the content's being delivered to me, I'm not going to consume it properly. Like I, I'm just going to like, okay, I'm it's I'm not going to get into it. Just like QuickBooks, like. I need the QuickBooks. I, I know for a fact that the QuickBooks, I need it for the accounting issues that I have, but the way that it's delivered, not for me. And so that's why I don't ever get upset if people are like, hey, I'm not going to do the process anymore. You've done the process, created a baseline for yourself and decided to move to a different process. That's part of, you are still doing the process. You're just using a different semantics to do it. And that's, that, that's all I, you know, process is progress. I don't care. I don't care if you use the tool of clear the field for the rest of your life. I don't care if you use the tool to clear the field for a month or two months and then decide to move to a different process, a different set of tools, because you have understood the core principle of you need to have a process. And if I can get people to buy into just that, then I know it's inevitable that their life will improve because if you accept what a process is with a course correct and, a, you know, course corrections, review and course corrections, then you're fine. Like you will get there eventually. So just like the idea of, is if I put you on the West Coast and I say, get to the East Coast and you're walking and I don't give you any compass, no map, no nothing, you'll get there eventually. You know, you'll get lost at night, but when the day wakes up, you'll see all oh, the sun's coming up. You walk towards the East Coast because you know which direction it is and you just keep doing that. You'll get there eventually. And that's what a process is. OK, so that's sort of the, the idea today is that is that there are tools that are perfect tools for the job at hand, but they don't hit with you correctly. And then the more you learn about yourself the more that you'll be able to, to be okay with that decision instead of trying to force yourself to like QuickBooks or force yourself to like golf or force yourself to like snowboarding. So I like hiking. Like I like being out. 
I like that's something that I know for a fact I want to integrate more into my body targets. So that's the today's segment, formerly known as the Daily Nugget. Now let's explore. Let's explore the reframe of if you don't have a baseline, you don't have anything. And so there's two concepts today that I want to talk about. Concept number one is phase thinking. All right. So what will happen is, is that your brain only cares about giving you an answer. It doesn't care about the validity of the answer or how precise the answer is or how you, uh, the utility of that answer. It just wants you to go away. If you, if you give the brain a problem, it just wants to give you an answer and then it just wants you to go away on that answer. Now, some people, they'll ruminate a lot on, uh, they'll ruminate a lot on, in their mind on certain things and they won't make, they won't make decisions so they'll go back and forth on decisions, but that's different than an answer. Like if you're like, hey, what's the average rainfall in the Amazon basin? Your brain's going to be like 75 inches and then it's going to move on to something else. And it has no clue if that's correct or not. And I don't even know what the answer is. And I don't have Alexa here with me um, to to do that. So just figure that out. But the the your brain for the most part, at least my brain, maybe it's just me, just says, you know, four. It gives me the answer of, you know, how many how many roads must a man walk down? Four. And then it just moves on to the next thing. It doesn't It doesn't care if it's if it's right or not. So you want to go into phase thinking, whereas like when you think you have an answer to something, that's phase one, right? And if you, if you just operate on phase one thinking, then your, your, you know, your actions are sort of tactical. You'll be, you know, you can improve, but you don't, you don't compress time frames. It's really hard to get leverage on things because for the most part, for whatever reason, the things that you need are, are on the opposite end of what you think, right? So like, it's just to see it, it's the answers in math are all, you know, the answers in linear math are always seems to be, uh, or in problem solving math always seems to be on the theoretical side. The answers to the theoretical side problems always seem to be on the linear side. It's like the opposite pole of whatever problem that you are at seems to com- to have the hard answer for whatever reason that is. That's just how life works. And so your brain will give you an answer that's comfortable at phase one, and it will have some utility for sure, because your brain is pulling in all of the experiences that you have to give you a solution on whatever the problem is that you're giving it. So to give you a specific example for the baseline, let's say that you use for uh, your career, uh, your career baseline that you use income. Okay. So income is a great, is, is a very simple scoreboard. You're like, yes, okay, I make this much money you know, per year. But if you look at how many hours you had to work to make that, you know, if you look at, if you look at, you know, how many hours you had to make that income, a hundred thousand dollars working, you know, 2,700, 3,000 hours a year is much different than a hundred thousand dollars working 500 hours a year. So they're not the same. So that metric, although useful as a starting point, you know, is not maybe perhaps the best metric that you can use. A better metric might be, what am I paid per hour? And this gets really super tricky. My wife is an actress and she would go and, you know, when she would the certain, when we met, she was going on certain auditions and she would get jobs. And which is, first of all, was just amazing. If you, if in Los Angeles, if you're an actress or an actor and you just book jobs, that's amazing because the competition is fierce. There's such a, a, a huge amount of talent out there and there are very, you know, there's just a, there's a finite amount of jobs. And so, and there's an unlimited amount of talent. And so like you could do a casting you can ask for a casting. Like literally, you could say, "All right, I want someone that's between the ages of 40 and 45, and that's Asian and has red hair, right? Like I've never seen an Asian person with red hair, that like natural red hair, but you'd probably get 500 of them to show up just because that's that's just how this stuff is, right? And that's I'm using a sort of an extreme example, but if you, it's it's true. Like if you, my wife, 
you know, like if you give her, you say, okay, I want a woman who's 5'10 and blonde, right? And has a Southern belle kind of look to her, girl next door kind of look to her, right? A thousand of those girls will show up. And so it's, it's, you know, there's an unlimited amount of talent. Okay. And so it's, it's in any race, in any gender, in any uh, collection of factors, you can get a huge number. So it's a miracle that she would ever book anything because the competition is so fierce. But the problem was, is because that's true, there are certain sets of jobs that are really inexpensive in terms of for them to, for the talent. So, so I just showed her, I said, look, I said, so yeah, you're, this is, you're making this much money, but on this level of audition, you have to go to this many auditions. You have to have this much travel time. And so per hour, you're making this much. And when I did that for her, she was like, holy smokes. And I was like, yeah, holy smokes. So we need to figure out a new, a new strategy. Cause you're, we have a baseline for you now. This is what you're getting paid, right? This is what you're getting paid right now. This is your baseline. So that metric was a phase two metric it was like, okay, so we've got, we know what you're making, you know, monthly, annually, whatever. And, uh, but when let's figure out how much, how many additions you're going on, how much travel time you're going on to actually book these. And so this is what you actually make per hour. And she was like, whoa. And so, but because we had that metric, we didn't feel bad about it. We could make adjustments and then we made adjustments from there. So what I want to introduce to you is that there, are, you can go as you can go to an infinite number of phases. Like you can go into metrics as deep as you want. And a lot of this is, you know, I, how much you like numbers perhaps for, for, uh, for the career stuff, but for, for creations, your, your metrics are not going to necessarily be numbers, numbers driven. They just have to be tracked. They, they have to be like, they're not going to be income driven. They have to be trackable though. So, um, and same if you have a body target or whatever, uh, you know, so the, the issue then is that what I want you to start thinking of is, you know, the first answer that your brain gives you. So when I gave you the action step of yesterday of going in a gratitude journal and picking a metric each for one of the three chapters of your life, you know, for career connections and creations, uh, I want you to understand that that's probably a phase one metric. And so I want you to start thinking about going deeper in that. Now, uh, going to phase two and phase three, because that will compress time frames for you. You will eventually discover phase two and phase three if you are in a process where you review and course correct. But let's try to get as far into the metric as we possibly can. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do that by modeling. So the wonderful thing about the internet, the wonderful thing about uh, about the, the access to an infinite amount of knowledge today is that someone is trying to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. So it, it, there, there is a book, there is an essay, there is a blog post, there is a podcast, there is something out there that was someone who was tracking a metric in whatever it is that you're trying to do. So you can do sort of a best past, best patch, best practices search, and you can literally get five to six, to seven to 10 to 100 to 500 people who are trying to accomplish the same thing that you are. And then you find, you want to model that. So you say, okay, well, where do I want to go? So in business, for example, for clear the field, some people might say, well, uh, Tony Robbins is your model. And so no, Tony Robbins is not my model, right? That's not who my Tony, like, like I'm more like of a Darren Hardy model, right? Or Tony Robbins is let's do a high volume of people, uh, dare and, and go a lot towards the, uh, sort of the motivational side and Darren Hardy, who is much more like, let's do a smaller number of people and let's go more on the strategy and tactics side. Now they both, they obviously both do motivation. They both obviously do strategy and tactics, but if you look at their business models, Darren Hardy, the way that he, the way that he markets and how expensive he, what he charges for what he does, he, he's going for a small number at, at, a, at a larger, uh, a larger price point. Tony Robbins is just going for massive numbers. Now he has programs that are much more expensive, but um, he likes to do kind of a more of a, a broad spectrum where, where Darren Hardy is more, is a more niche oriented. So, um, so I look at what he does. I'm like, okay, what does he do? You know, what are his metrics? 
in terms of like, what is he, you know, what are his, his KPI, his key performance indicators for his business? So I can look at that. Now, I don't necessarily want to be Darren Hardy because I have a, even a smaller niche of, of, of what I'm trying to get to my unicorn mission. But, uh, and, but that's a model I can look at. So, so it's not quite right. And you're always searching for models, right? This is part of the research process and this is part of the ex- exploration. So it makes it fun, man. Like you're going to come across someone that you, um, that you've never even heard of before. So I, I just came across this guy, his, his last name is Cunningham, and I've never heard of the guy, never. I mean, in 20 years of going through personal development, he's a business business guy and he's into the numbers. And so uh, I, I was like, this guy's amazing. And so I started going through some of his content and, and I'm using it right now in my training, but but I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I need. And you get to have these discoveries. And so part of the modeling process is not a copying of someone else. It's just, they've done the work for you already. So why would you have to reinvent the wheel? You don't have time. You don't have time. So what I want you to do is, is basically think about that, that modeling concept. So your action guide is, is take out your gratitude journal, look back at the, the three chapters of your life in terms of career, connections, and creations. Uh, you've picked the baseline now. And now what I want you to do is I want you to go uh, to phase two or phase three thinking, go a couple more levels deep on your metrics that you're going to track, right? Your baseline that you're going to create for it. And then for each of, for one of them, not for all three, I want you to, to do some research and find someone to model in that area. And, and that's going to be your first model, the first sort of person that's on your council, right? And, and you may never meet that person, but they're going to have, and don't pay for content for them. Just find, they're going to have free stuff. Like anyone worth their salt will put free stuff out there for you to consume that will give you an idea. And so find, find a model, like find someone like, okay, like in this area, you know, if it's in connections, you know, you want to have a better thing with your spouse and you're tracking how many dates you're going to go on in a month with your spouse. Well, find, you know, maybe it's the five love languages guy whose name I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Like just, just find something that someone that can give you a trackable metric that you can model in there. And that will start an exploration for you. And that's, what's fun because part of clear the field is we don't know, we have a giant field and we don't know all the, the parts of it. We get to explore and find things in it all the time. Uh, but we just set the parameters of where that is. So so that is the action item that I want you to do today. And remember, the two big points are, you know, we want to start engaging in phase thinking, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase three, four, four, it goes, you know, start to go in deep, deeper phases, at least a phase two or phase three. And then we want to start modeling. So when we're looking for the metrics, we can find people who can actually improve our baseline that we're going to track. So that's your action item for today. Have fun exploring. And remember, there is no end if you stay on the path.